Hello. Hello, I'm Zach. And I'm Imari. And, and we, we are, are free, free to, to be. be. Free to Be is a podcast for LGBTQ plus youth across the state of New York. We talk about all sorts of things that affect queer youth in the Empire State. Brought to you by Youth Power of Families Together in New York State. Youth Power is a network hosted by Families Together that is run for and by youth and young adults. We work to ensure young people have meaningful involvement in all levels of the services they receive. The opinions and viewpoints shared by staff and guests on this show do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Families Together in New York State. To learn more about us and our advocacy, visit ftnys.org. Thanks. And enjoy. Amari, would you like to tell the listeners how I started this recording session? Well, if, if they must know. They must know. Okay. It's important context. The context is Zach spilled his coffee. I spilt my coffee. The coffee was spilt. It was all over my desk. Now, I should... Some good news. I was telling Amari this right before we started recording. It miraculously managed to miss every important electronic on my desk, of which there are many. I'm Like, I have my VR headset over here. I have my my gaming PC, which I use to record this. My screens, my like I'm I'm a big technology person, and miraculously, the coffee seemed to almost like by some sheer act of mercy from the universe <laughs> dance around all of the important things in my life, like it was Moses parting the Red Sea. So I'll I, I'll try not to let this ru- ruin the rest of my day. It was yeah, some, a minor spell. It happened. It could have been a real Monday moment. Yeah, like if I had started my week breaking my more than one grand gaming PC, th- this episode would not be happening. I'd be like, Amari, nope. I'm taking a day or eight of them. A week or and, a month. Um, most of that is going to be spent crying. Yep. You know, I, I would share a tear, shed a tear for that. I've seen like one of my close friends and she has it set her, her gaming, essentially her gaming station set up in her house is... I wouldn't want to touch it. I wouldn't want to touch it. <laughs> is it just too intimidating? or It's not. It's beautiful. It's just intimidatingly beautiful. She has like three screens. Three? Yeah. three sc- I have two screens. Three screens. Wow. That's, that's no, impressive. The three screens are her like additional screens. So she'll bring her laptop and connect them to oh, those Oh, so it's really screens. four screens. Pretty much. I feel like it's like the Mr. Robot setup. Like, that is... And she doesn't even do any code work or anything like that. She just loves the system. She's just a bit extra. She loves the system. She loves the game. And that's her thing. And that's how she has it set up. And it's beautiful. This is now a PC gaming podcast. (laughs) The first episode, it was a Simpsons pod. We changed the topic every every week. Um, Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) it's just yes because this comes out every thing. week <laughs> yeah um so no our actual topic this week uh speaking of two screens Ooh, we're talking o- about everything bisexual that was really forced that could have been better <laughs> like like the the premise is there but i definitely could have workshopped that a bit it was a great try it was it's an still attempt. monday it's still monday it's true and maybe if i hadn't spilled my know. coffee that joke would have been better exactly exactly i'll blame it on that yep we're gonna blame everything actually on that one (laughs) cup of coffee i will not perform because of your (laughs) one cup of coffee (laughs) i threw amari off for the rest of the day i apologize 
The weight um, of the world. But yeah, uh, this month ha- had Bisexual Awareness Week, also known as Hashtag Bi Week, which Ooh. again, I didn't know was a lot of these kind of mini events that we celebrate through the podcast. I didn't even know were a thing until because I don't spend nearly as much time on social media as I used to. So I just am not aware of many of these things. I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. cool that that's a thing. I love that. I feel like there's so many days that represent different things. Like today could be National Yogurt Day and also Two Left Sock Day. So sometimes I get very, I like gloss over what what things are being recognized. But I was really excited to find out that there was a bisexuality week in this month. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to boast because it's my birthday month. Um, oh, okay. Not at all that these th- two things have anything to do with each other. But I just <laughs> thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> but I thought that was, like, really dope. So I'm really excited to talk about this topic. We might get into this a little bit later with the sec- uh, in the second half when we have our surprise special guest. We're doing that again. But um, I used to identify as bisexual. I, I thought for a long time that I was bisexual, probably up until like I came out when I was like 14, 13, and probably up until college, I thought I was some flavor of bisexual um, mm-hmm. and until I was like, eh, no, that's that's not that's not really the case. Honestly, a lot of that was just like denial and stuff. And I don't want to get too deep into that because it's like not about me because I'm not a bisexual. The B's in the LGBTs. T's. We're going to cover each letter eventually. But I think... I think Amari it, has a it, pondering it, face. I do. I Amari ponders. That's, I should change all of my social media to that, I guess. Um, if you don't have a Twitter, that would be an excellent Twitter handle. <laughs> Amari, like, at Amari ponders is actually great. I'll, I'll think about it, but now everybody can find me. <laughs> I think even though I don't identify as bisexual, there was a time where I did identify as bisexual. And I think it's pertinent to the conversation to... Sometimes bisexuality is a a stop on somebody's journey to understanding their own sexuality. And even though that may not be how the person identifies in the future, it's I think it it adds a level of un, it it can add a level of understanding for all people who have ever identified in a bisexual community, but also as somebody who doesn't identify there anymore, as a deeper le- level of complexity, because I don't know, most people see it as a stopping point instead of, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that blends into a little bit of what we'll talk about later in terms of bisexual people facing kind of weirdly unique challenges, both yeah. from people in and outside the LGBTQ community. But that being said, yeah, I think bisexual is, it's almost like, <laughs> like people use the term gateway drug which i don't believe in but it's almost like it's like gateway queerness for a lot of people which does not mean that it's an illegitimate sexuality by any means but like a lot of like i can only speak from my personal experience but for me it was a matter of like i had outdated and i wasn't as educated in lgbtq stuff when i was younger as i am now so a lot of it was kind of wanting to be normal do a wife, kids, picket fence, suburban house, 1.5 children. Like, like bisexuality for me was like, well, I can still cling on to the hope of that potentially happening someday. Mm-hmm. 
And that's really, if I'm being totally honest with myself, all it was for me. And I feel yeah. like that's not an uncommon thing in in a lot of queer communities because, yeah. I mean, bisexual it's it's a it's by definition kind of a broad thing. So it allows you to kind of figure out what you are more or less. Mm-hmm. But that kind of leads us into the in, into the next portion. I, I don't even know really how to, how to broach this. So bisexual people kind of face some unique challenges as opposed to well i mean i'm not gonna we all face our own unique challenges but they almost kind of have their own flavor of challenges like even like within the lgbtq community like i know a lot of like people who literally identify as like gay or lesbian who either up until recently or still do don't like i've literally heard the term like bisexuality doesn't exist which i'm like Mm -hmm. i see bi people and i'm like well, they're there. I, I see yep. them. They're not ghosts. <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> like they they definitely are there. Yeah, I I seen. Um, that reminds me. Uh, I've also heard that like within the queer community too, bisexuality doesn't exist, or like the need to identify because of that, the need to identify as either gay or lesbian or pansexual, sometimes not having the. I don't know, freedom to explore dating um, outside of that one label um, or that particular label. So I've seen in a lot of different ways, but also bi people exist. They're literally everywhere. Like, And, And I think a lot of that comes from the misconception of when you think bisexual or like a lot of people think um, it's like a 50 50 split. Like I am equally attracted to both men and women and like it's not that's just like really not how it is like there's um there's something called the kinsey scale and i don't so the kinsey scale is basically a numerical system one through seven think of it almost like a a gradient of attraction so like i i might have this in reverse because i don't have it in front of me but i think seven is you're more attracted to the same gender and then one is your more attracted to the opposite gender no it could be the other way around i could be totally getting that wrong but the idea is that and i don't necessarily believe in putting a quantifiable number on all this stuff but it is a good way of demonstrating this concept you can be there are i know people who lean one way or the other right like they mostly maybe like it's uh it's uh someone who identifies as male and they mostly date men but are still attracted to women and occasionally date women or i i know a lot of people too who um uh, romantically only date Mm. someone of the same gender or the opposite (laughs) gender but can like physically be with members of the same or opposite gender it's so it's the Kinsey scale, so you could be like a five, which means you lean one way, or a two, which means you lean the other way. Again, I don't know how much I, stock I put into like everything needs to have a number and be quantifiable, but for our yeah. purposes, it's a good way of demonstrating this idea that it's not you're you're still bisexual if you lean one way or the other is right the short way of that long winded spiel. Right, circling back, but what you said earlier about like by people not exist well you didn't say that but what you <laughs> mentioned by <laughs> people don't exist quote Zach Kilmer. direct quote <laughs> no Damn but it. someone's gonna like clip that. that and use it against me someday <laughs> oh no 
<laughs> Zach I'm glad Kilmer I contributed hates to this. bisexuals. <laughs> Despite claiming at one point he was one. Dun, 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 don't vote for him. I don't think I'm running for office in this fake scenario. Okay. Of course. Of course. Would you do anything else? Probably not. <laughs> but it made me think about the uh, character Rosa Diaz from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I love Rosa. <sighs> Same. And I, I seen her image being shared a lot this month because of Bisexual Awareness Week. It's like literally the scene of her coming out to her parents as an adult and her father saying to her, like, Bi- bisexuality doesn't exist. And she's like, I'm right here. I do exist. I'm bisexual. And that's literally like all you need to do, like, at least mentally for me uh, to quantify something existing is express that you are here. Like, they're by people who are here. So they do exist. Yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's definitely not a perfect show, but in that specific yeah. realm, it does have some of my favorite LGBT representation in the media. It's yeah. not perfect, but like graded on a curve of other like queer characters I've seen on TV, it's mm-hmm. really, really good. Um, yes. I, well, I guess spoilers for later. Sorry if you're like early in Brooklyn Nine-Nine right now. Sorry about that. But, but, Whoopsie. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, Rose's coming out scene, like... It's so well written and so good because it's real, right? Like, yeah. A lot of it on TV, it's either like a coming out scene is either completely awful and everything mm-hmm. goes completely wrong, or the parents are like, we accept you completely for who you are, no matter right. what. Which, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that doesn't happen, but in real life, it's more of a mixed bag, usually. And yeah. th- her parents are really reluctant at first, but do in their own way, eventually come around, which is how it plays out a lot. Um, right. But yeah, side tangent, really, really good um, LGBT representation in that show. For sure. I agree. I agree. And I'm not a huge cop show fan, but that one I will watch. It's like the only quote police show. I feel like I watch um, the, cause it's only, be- I mean, it's basically just the office, but Satire. in a police department. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's even made by the same guy who who makes The Office. So I mean, if you like The oh. Office, you'll probably like Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, I didn't know that part. Uh, yeah, Mike Schur, Uh He's the creator of The Office, and he um, or one of the co-creators. And yeah, he makes a uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine as well. Also, mm. The Good Place, which also actually has Whoa. extremely good bisexual representation. You didn't? Well, you didn't know that. I did not know that. I don't often pay attention to who does what in films and movies and shows. Yeah, he, he, he made The Good Place, which, again, uh, without going down another TV rabbit hole, also has really good um, bisexual representation. Yeah. But, yeah, we were talking about... so the and this goes Kinsey into, scale. Yeah, the Kinsey scale, right. And this also, too, goes into the concept of uh, uh, bisexual erasure. So, basically, the idea is that... In, in a, basically what we're talking about, some people like have misconstrued notions about bisexuality or don't even believe it exists. So mm-hmm. in like media or in representation, in history, in like everything, bi people tend to be less visible than I would say other other queer people in, in a lot of cases. Okay, like mm-hmm. here's a really good example of this. Freddie Mercury is one of my icons. I love that man. He's like one of my like idols in terms of like life um like creative process just being an all-around legend like if i can be like half the person freddie mercury was i'll consider my life successful Mm. i just thought he was gay until like 
maybe late college. Like he, oh, wow. he, he was bisexual and I just, I just thought he was just straight up gay, like for most of my life. And that's an example of some, it, it's this idea that society needs to put us in like little boxes a lot of the time. And it's like, right. okay, I can get my head around gay. I can get my head around straight, but what's this in between nonsense? Like what the, again, someone's going to clip that, but, um, <laughs> but so they just kind of put you in one category in order to make it easier, I guess. Yeah. And that leads to a uh, bisexual racer, which is no fun for anyone. Mm-mm. I think that in now more so than when we were teens or younger, or when our parents were teens or younger. Now I feel like there's a lot more outspoken youth. I'll say more explicitly youth who claim their their sexuality and like try and say it and wear it proudly as safely as, as possible. And my hope is that that outspokenness, that pride, like for how how they identify will help to combat that bi erasure and help to like undo stigma around the bi culture and um ab- around bi people because i i don't know it, it just doesn't make sense like for me especially in my own ways of identifying if i expect somebody to like expect uh, uh, accept me or welcome my experiences i will want somebody else to do the same like, I would do the same for somebody else. Body erasure just doesn't make sense to me. It's like common courtesy. And it's like I said, I think it stems from this need in, I'll just limit ourselves and say, like, American society to put people in boxes and easily categorize someone. And yeah. bisexuality, by its very nature, re- resists that. Um, what's... One of my favorite quotes. Who is this from? Oh, I think it's a John Green quote. Um, Truth resists simplicity. So the I and I I think that quote is really awesome and just applies to a lot of things. But specifically here, like the truth is that they're bisexual and that could mean varying um, degrees of attraction to cer- certain genders, and that's just not that that's not a very easy thing to quantify. So some mm-hmm. people just have like extremely hard time with it, which I mean, if you're unknowledgeable in this stuff, I get, but it also, we need to be careful because it leads to by erasure in both uh, in and outside of queer spaces, which we yeah. actively need to combat at basically every turn. Yeah. Cause I'm even thinking like, how bi erasure has showed up in different areas, like how I've been exposed to it in different areas of my life. I think that that like even the concept, you know, being around lesbians, um, there's the concept like certain lesbians will not date bisexual women, um, which really? is oh yes, oh. I mean, yes. can you like go into because I've not yeah. like. I, I as much I mean I don't want you to like out anyone or whatever but um I've like not I, I so I've actually heard that concept for bi, like bisexual men and like mm-hmm. even, like I've I've known both straight women and gay men who will not bi- date bisexual women but I've never heard that I guess specifically in like the lesbian space so yeah if you could elaborate on that that's interesting Oh, I'd love to um <laughs> <laughs> the the shade in just those words was you you could feel it dripping from from the mic 
Because it, it's never made sense to me. There's this concept for some lesbian women, and this is generally, and I'm super generalizing, not outing anybody. This is my experience, that it's generally coming from um, lesbian masculine presenting women, that they will not date lesbian femmes or uh, bisexual femmes, or that bisexual femmes aren't to be trusted because at any moment it it goes to a level of ignorance so i'm gonna say that before y'all clip this quote (laughs) um that uh bisexual women can't choose or will choose a guy or after them or before them or date a guy in between dating them and how can this this masculine presenting lesbian be a lesbian if her woman will date a man because then this lesbian woman feels that she is then in contact with them and i'm super generalizing this is like a compound of different experience uh like experiences that i've witnessed and that concept just doesn't make sense to me because when you when you think about dating when you date somebody they've most likely dated somebody before you and in most really- cases i'd say yeah it, yeah, generally, in most cases, if the relationship is unsuccessful, they will, in most cases, date people after you. And I'm not connected to those other people unless we're all friends together. So, uh, they, like, it, it does add to bi erasure because it, it makes a concept, uh, uh, like a complex for some lesbian women who will date bisexual women to say, like, oh, you'll go there? you'll do the things it's like (laughs) what are the things what things were different except for like allowing my partner to express themselves and be with who they uh are most attracted to in this moment so it it does add to that by erasure but i've definitely seen it on the other end too from outside of the queer community in a you know cis straight men love the idea of a bisexual woman, but maybe not in their relationship when the bisexuality means another man or um, like does not include that cis, cis uh, straight man in whatever that looks like. It just shows up in so many different ways, I think. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up, too, because that goes into another note we have here is that um, like like gender also plays a big role in like bisexuality and bisexual erasure because it's just like you said like there's a lot of um let's say cis straight heteronormative men who like the idea of a bisexual (laughs) woman for reasons um Mm -hmm. but are like immediately like repulsed because if it's like the idea of like a bisexual man um because of basically just like homophobia or biphobia or just like prejudices they have like because i i would say like bi bisexuality has a like media and overall representation problem because of bi erasure but it's Mm -hmm. almost weirdly like more pronounced in bisexual men than it is in bisexual women like literally i played like video games and watched movies and tv where like but like 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 even rosa like rosa is great and i'm not knocking like specifically brooklyn 99 but that's an example of a bisexual woman again whereas we very rarely see good representation of a bisexual man there's like a mm-hmm. very odd discrepancy there 
in yeah. terms of w- how the person identifies in terms of gender um, as a bi- how a bisexual person identifies in terms of gender in terms of like representation and bi erasure and stuff. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think. I think even like there's so many deeper levels that this can take because it's just like inception, biception. biception. Um, <laughs> I would make I, that the episode title, but I feel like we can't do another inception joke. I I, I think everything is just going to be inception. We, we need we need like a few more episodes before I can like do that joke again. Can we put it in the tags at least? Like Probably. just a hashtag. Probably. Biception? Yeah. I don't see why not. <laughs> um. But one thing it makes me think of is um, in scenarios that I expressed before, whether it's a masculine presenting woman or a feminine presenting man, and the because of the stereotype of bisexuality in um, people who are I don't I don't want to like name it as more acceptable because people expect femmes to be bisexual but to see a masculine presenting woman who identifies as bisexual it's like hold on i thought i had you in a box like you said earlier as a lesbian and because you dress masculinely i don't know how to conceptualize the fact that you can dress masculinely and also be attracted to both uh, men, women, and other, or whatever that looks, bisexuality looks like for that person. And the same on the male side, to have a feminine presenting person who's still very much interested in women and other genders than just men, um, is just like a, hold on, what is happening here? When it really should just be, all right, cool, you like what you like, and that has nothing to do with me, and then we move on. So I, I, I definitely see that. Yeah, and this goes back uh, again. If, if any of what we're talking about is confusing, um, uh, we, we've mentioned this before, but the, if you Google gender-bred person, it demonstrates a lot of these concepts extremely well. Because mm-hmm. it, So this is an example of that, right? Like, So the person identifies as bisexual, which means they're attracted to whatever degree, to um, men and uh, people who identify as men and women. And also, but the way how they identify themselves is their gender and how they present themselves could be different from all two of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, the gender bred person does a really good job of demonstrating that if any of this is confusing, because I know it, it definitely like I'm definitely more knowledgeable about it now, but it took me a while to get my head around these concepts when I was younger as well. So it's not... Um, like, I, I don't want to make it seem like we're knocking you for not understanding a lot of this, because it can be a little bit confusing if you've never been exposed to uh, any of these concepts before, for sure. Totally. 100%. And, you know, just to take it there. <laughs> oh, no. Where are we going? <laughs> no, I just wanted to um, bring, like, the trans identity into the mix, since we're talking about the gingerbread. Um, and, like, the concept of by erasure as it relates to the trans community um so physically seeing people who uh identify differently than their assigned gender at birth um in many cases i'll say visually are differently than their assigned gender at birth their sexuality is not connected to their expression um so having that bisexuality 
as their person, but their outward expression, their gender identity um, may not match up with any of those things. Um, so I've, I've, I've seen by erasure in that community also. That, that sucks. <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I had something more elo- eloquent to say, but I, I mean, I just never, obviously that's like not my experience. So I never thought of it from that, that angle, but mm-hmm. yeah. I think that should be your slogan when you do run for whatever office you're running for. That sucks. But it depends on what I'm talking about. Though. It sucks. No, just just in general. Yeah. Everything. I'm that all sucks. About. You got to elect Zach so that things unsu- that don't suck anymore. That would, I mean, that would be pretty relatable. Not, not going to lie. <laughs> but yeah, actually, I don't think we uh, circle back a little bit to the concept of bisexual awareness week. Um, we have a note here I wanted to throw out there. It was co-founded by GLAD. And the Binet USA to educate people on obstacles faced by the bisexual community, as well as to set policies that ensure bisexual acceptance and social integration, which is what we're kind of trying to do right now. So, oh wow, give himself a pat on, pat on the back. We <laughs> uh, hashtag bi week. We did it. Hashtag. <laughs> and for those who don't know, like what glad is it's like they have their own awards um let's start there but uh glad works through entertainment and news and digital media to share stories um from the lgbt community uh that accelerate acceptance um and they have a really dope and engaging website if y'all are trying to learn more about that but i i want to know how like you well, this is off topic. This has nothing to do with nothing. I wonder how you start a week. Like, you know, I wonder start, what the I'm process... I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Like, how you... It doesn't sound right, but how you start a week. So I wonder what the process was for them to create Bisexual Awareness Week. Um, oh, yeah, because my, my brain was like, you mean like the concept <laughs> of time? Oh, no, that's too deep. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that gets into way too many existential questions about humans and our perception of time and all that jazz. That is, not, it is 10, it is 11 a.m. on a Monday. That is, no, 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 no. I started, I already started down that rabbit hole. I woke up at six this morning to like try and start a gym routine. And for some reason, that's where my mind went for a moment. And I was like, nope, it's too early for this. I can't. I woke up at 7.30 because of, you guessed it, construction outside of my house. Oh, how I, beautiful. I promised myself I wouldn't bring it up, but I just, I, 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 then they woke me up at 7.30 on a Monday, so. Thankfully, the construction next to me is almost complete. They have put in windows. I That's see a good screens. sign. That's it's, like one of the final steps. It's a quiet sign. That's what it is, a <laughs> quiet sign. Um, so the construction p- front is great what i um did not expect was a pipe leaking in my apartment last week oh no yeah so now i have a big hole in my wall waiting for them to repair it i i love construction your apartment is literally a hole in the wall literally (laughs) oh my god i hate it here Um, anyway, uh, oh yeah, glad. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Yeah, oh. glad they're 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 great. <laughs> don't suck. <laughs> glad we don't suck. <laughs> Hire me, glad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and actually, 
I, I don't know if this is like circling back or like going into the middle of what we're talking about. But one thing I did want to bring up, like when it comes to uh, kind of some of the, like the stereotypes around by people you brought up a little bit earlier about like being almost like indecisive, like in that in that way. And like even like there's a lot of stereotypes surrounding like their promiscuity and stuff, which is mm-hmm. really annoying because I know a lot of bi people who are just like not like that. Like, bisexual people go through a period of, like, questioning their sexuality, gender, and all that jazz, like a lot of people do in the queer community, and that involves a certain level of, like, experimentation and, like, figuring yourself out. And for some reason, bi people get, I feel like, more of the crap end of the stick for that in terms of um, being labeled as, like, oh, well, you should just, like, choose a side or you're wishy-washy or, like, promiscuous. And I think, like, a lot of that comes from, like, poor representation representation in media. Like, like okay, like, okay, let's say the musical Rent, for example. Mm-hmm. We brought up mm-hmm. a lot of good good um, representation of bi people in media. Mm-hmm. Maureen from Rent, I'm going to go on record, not a good representation of bi people in media. I have my home, I have a lot of problems with Rent the Musical. I know there's probably a lot of queer people who are like, blasphemy for like, <laughs> the audacity of me saying that. I don't think it's a very good musical. Um, but part, part of that is like Maureen is like represented as this like really promiscuous basically every negative stereotype you can think about for bi people is like represented in maureen and i'm not pretending like media is the end all be all of like why people have stereotypes for bisexual people but that's like one of the most concrete examples i can think of of just an amalgam of all of the wrong and bad stereotyping things about bisexual people be sure to come come at me in my mentions (laughs) rent heads and i know you're going to (laughs) but i think that like Media is so important with like glad statement to ensure uh, to share stories of LGBTQ people um, and experiences through media and news. It's so important because that representation does matter. So if I don't have the language for what bisexuality looks like and all I see is Marine, that may be what I go to, even though like like you said, could be a better representation there. I was focused on Mibi when I was watching Rent, and that's that. I was very sad. Well, no spoilers, I guess. Um, but you know, For a with twenty-five-year-old musical, <laughs> yes, even no the spoiler. movie is like fifteen years old. <laughs> also, the movie is worse than the. I can't. I cannot get into it. This this entire episode will turn into about Rent. I can, I cannot let myself <laughs> go down that rabbit hole. Um, but I think that like because the musical is such a staple in. What like for so many different issues? Well, for some different issues, uh, it's like a staple. The songs are still, you know, I know how many days and minutes in the year you measure it in love. Oh, the music is phenomenal. <laughs> I'm not. I'm yes. never gonna knock the music. The the the, the songs the, are basically all as the kids say. They are bops, and I'm not gonna <laughs> refute that. But. Okay, like, I I guess I'll go down this rabbit hole a little bit. Like, so there's a YouTuber I really like. Her name is Lindsay Ellis. She has a, she does, like, video essays about, like, media critique and criticism. She has a video entitled um, Look Pretty and Do Nothing, or it's some variation of that. And it's about, Mm. it's a 40-minute video about rent if you have inordinate amount of free time like I do. It basically encapsulates a lot of my problems with Rent in a more articulate way than I ever could, including some of the stuff about Maureen being a bad 
representation of a bisexual mm-hmm. person. But yeah, I, I she's also just a really good YouTuber. I highly recommend her. But yeah, so and I think so. A lot of that to circle back to my original point. A lot of like the bad bi people face some unique stereotypes that a lot of other queer people don't in terms of like promiscuity and like being indecisive and just it's very unfair and very bogus it totally is i guess my my overarching point there okay um we're almost at that that time where we're gonna have our our special guest coming on soon a a a certified bisexual who's gonna talk to us (laughs) what university did they go to um uh the university of Miami, uh, they have a <laughs> they have a major in bisexuality with a, a minor in queer studies. I don't know what mm. I'm I'm literally rambling about nonsense right now. <laughs> I was trying to make a joke like about credentialing, like you need to like get credential to be a bisexual. It just didn't pan out. It's yeah. the spilt coffee, damn it. Yeah, we're we're blaming everything on it. They know that. They know that. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to be uh, talking to my childhood friend who happens to be uh, bisexual, and he'll talk to us about his experience. Sounds good. I'll just um, look through our emails, because I don't think I seen, saw his certification in the email thread, so I just want to look at that really quick. I'll make him fax it to you. All right, cool. You do have a fax See, machine, right? Uh, yes, I, act- I, I actually really do. Not like this for the joke This is not a part like of the do. joke. <laughs> Yes. Okay, it great. Is, I'll fax it, it, it to you then. <laughs> Hello. Thank you so much for listening. We would like to quickly tell you a few things about what Families Together in New York State is doing that you might be able to take part in. During the COVID-19 pandemic, advocacy has become more important than ever. Visit our website at ftnys.org to view our digital advocacy center to learn more about how you can get involved with foster care, children's behavioral health, educational justice, and justice system involved youth advocacy. These are all issues that disproportionately affect LGBTQ plus youth in New York. Our digital advocacy center gives you all the tools you need to fight for change on these issues while still practicing social distancing and being safe during this unprecedented time. Families Together in New York State hosted our first ever virtual youth leadership forum this month, and it was a great time. The VYLF is a great way to expand your leadership skills, network, and meet some like-minded peers. If you missed this one, we will be hosting another one in November. Registration and definitive dates have yet to be announced, but be sure to shoot me, Zach, an email at zkilmer at ftnys.org if you're interested, and I'll be sure to get in touch with you for the next one. We are accepting applications for the Youth Power Leadership Council. You can create systems change and bring youth voice to the highest level of government. As part of the YP Council, you would oversee the work our network does to amplify youth voice while gaining skills and experience. Apply today at bit.ly slash YPNC survey. That is bit.ly slash capital YPN lowercase c, uppercase s, lowercase u-r-v-e-y. Lastly, be sure to follow us on all social media. We are on Facebook at facebook.com backslash families together n-y-s and facebook.com backslash 
youthpower.ny. We are also on Twitter at FTNYS and at YouthPowerNY. We're also on Instagram at YouthPowerNY. If you want to send either Amari or I an email about the podcast or about Youth Power of Families Together, you can shoot us a message at zkilmer at ftnys.org or iwilson at ftnys.org. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. We uh, hope you enjoyed that three minutes of company-wide self-promotion that you get every episode. Mm, so good. You it's, love it. I know you wonderful. Do. Actually, you know what? As, as a brief note, we do talk about in the break the uh, YLF, um, which is the Youth Leadership Forum. I'll do a quick additional plug for that. Um, we had our first virtual Youth Leadership Forum this month, and it went super great. And we're having another one in November. And if you are 14 to 24, you should totally consider participating. Um, I don't think we have registration information and stuff ready yet, but it will be at some point in the near future. Yeah. Um, yeah, Amari, you wanted to throw anything in about the YLF? We we both attended and worked it, and I think it went pretty, pretty great. I think it was really, I mean, my favorite word is dope. I think the kids still say that. I, th- I thought it was pretty dope. Um, and I, I don't think our registration is open just yet, but they can stay uh, connected to our website, you know, just check in to see what we have going on. Cause we do keep that updated pretty, pretty well. Yeah. And, and as always, I mentioned what my email is in the break. If you have any questions about it, um, I'm kind of the main point person for the YLF right now. So feel free to, uh, to shoot me a message. It's, it's, it's a fun time and you learn a lot. You can email me also about the VYLF, but I'm just going to forward it to Zach. So yeah, so I mean, if you want to, if you want to add some extra <laughs> steps, sure, that's 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 your bag. Uh, if you do that. Um, so we have our second ever special guest Woo-woo. on the pod. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, so I'm Matt. I am a PhD student uh, at Binghamton University. I study microbiology. I guess uh, my pronouns, as you say, are uh, like he, him, and I, yeah, I don't identify as uh, bisexual. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, me and Matt are also best friends from when we were, when we were wee lads. Yeah, we go way, way back. <laughs> All the way back to what, 2008, I think? Yeah, I think we were like 13 or something. <laughs> Lord, that feels like three centuries ago. <laughs> I'm going to be 27 in two months mm-hmm. yeah 27 <laughs> years old it's not fun yeah. uh, good lord it moves forward doesn't it well <laughs> okay <laughs> so yeah we have a few questions for you but like we were talking about this a bit off air but these are just more uh springing off points um if we go into uh different avenues than we expect that's uh totally fine and yeah we're mainly just looking to get your um first-hand experience as someone who identifies as bisexual and maybe helping some uh, uh new york youth new york state youth who might identify the same way so you might be be, be help, helping helping a youngin by by being here <laughs> love love that love helping youngins i guess <laughs> <laughs> That can be our episode's name. <laughs> <laughs> Help, helping. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad title, actually. 
So uh, one of our first questions here we'll use as our first uh, jumping off point. So what do you think are some unique aspects specifically to being bi as opposed to other members of the LGBTQ plus community? So this is an interesting question. I don't know if I have like the best answer for this. I feel like being bi, especially like my perspective is being a bisexual male, which like I think we uh, or I don't know if rare is the right word, but maybe uh, not as uh, uh, visible as, uh, you know, certain other members of the LGBTQ plus community. But we I were just talking about that, actually, in the first half about how we were talking about like bi erasure and how bisexual people aren't like represented like in society as a whole and in media and like how that seems to be more dramatically pronounced with people who identify as male and also bisexual like Mm -hmm. there's a lot more visibility for bisexual women it seems than uh than men i mean i was thinking about this uh last night and i was trying to even come up with like can i think of two bisexual male celebrities off the top of my head and i legitimately couldn't i can think of one uh but i can't think of two what was the one just out of curiosity uh frank ocean uh oh yeah so i thought he was gay no, I'm pretty sure he's bi. I'm pretty Damn sure he wrote, like, we were a j- letter. It was like this whole thing. I mean, but, I feel ignorant, but also this is brilliantly illustrative of what we're talking about. <laughs> As I was in the first half, I was talking about Freddie Mercury and how he's like one of my idols, and I didn't know he was bisexual. I just thought he was gay oh, up until like <laughs> college. Like, yeah, I, and it literally, you just made made me do it again, like live <laughs> on air. So thanks for that, Matt. <laughs> yeah. but but I mean, yeah. it's I mean to be honest, like something that. I do and I know other like bisexual people that I talk to do is like people just assume you know what I mean they meet you and they realize that like oh you're a man and you date men so like you must be gay right Mm -hmm. and I and a lot of times it's just kind of easier to just like if they don't explicitly say that if they just assume it like to themselves internally for me to just like kind of you know I'm not going to correct your assumption that you didn't even vocalize you know what I mean like how am I supposed to do that so yeah I mean it's pretty common actually and it's something that I've definitely talked to other um, bisexual people about but I mean I was having a conversation with someone the other day where I I didn't even know them very well and they were kind of asking me like how I identify or whatever and they realized that I was uh, bi and male obviously and they were like oh and they were like oh oh that's interesting I didn't uh, okay yeah and I was like yeah yeah we're, we're, we're rare and he was like yeah I don't think I've ever met anyone who <laughs> who identifies that way and I think maybe we're more common than people think but people either assume that we're gay or assume that we're straight but um, people don't really see it as like an option I mean I didn't for the longest time like I remember being like 14 back when Zach and I just met thinking to my well not not related to that but back then in like middle school thinking to myself like oh like I think I'm attracted to guys but like I don't but but, like I'm also attracted to girls so like I'm not gay then right okay yeah no I must be straight like and Mm -hmm. it took me until I was 23 years old to be like oh wait there's a word for that like I didn't (laughs) and it's like I could have told I could have defined what bisexuality was and I could have told you that I was attracted um to like men and women but I couldn't put those two things together in my head at the same time for some reason and I don't think I'm the only one I think that I mean I've talked to 
um, other people who are uh, by men or, you know, kind of questioning or trying to figure out um, their own identity. And, you know, I remember talking to someone who was like, you like, oh, like I, I'm attracted to guys, but, uh, I, you know, I mostly date women. Like, I don't know. I, I think I'm just like straight or whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, no, I totally get that. Like I'm bi. So like, I understand what you're talking about. And he was just like, wait, wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> and he was just like, am I bi? And I was like, dude, I don't know. Like that's up to you. Like, you need to I cannot answer that question for you, man. <laughs> yeah. Like it was so fun. Like, he was like asking me and then and there were all these questions about it. And I'm like, you know, I'm happy to answer, but it's just, so, it was just so funny. Like that I saw him have like the same exact experience that I had had where I just like, it, I remember having like a night where it was just like kind of a little epiphany where I was like, wait a second. Oh, this is a thing. Like I can just like, there's a word for this. It's not, it's not this complicated. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to like, it is really unfortunate that because of basically societal stuff that you had to struggle for that long. That being said, like the idea of like, you knowing the definition of bisexual and you having those traits about yourself and they're just like in your brain, one inch from each other and they just not connecting. I'm sorry. Is a little funny to me. Yeah, like, Maybe it's just cause we're friends. I'm not, I don't want to wish that anyone on anyone. That being said, it is a little funny and I have to admit that. Yeah. Like I somehow managed to compartmentalize these two things. For, for like almost a decade <laughs> when my life would have maybe been simpler if I had just like sat down and thought about it for five minutes but it's like that office like, meme where like corporate needs you to find the difference between these two pictures and like it's like yeah. Matt's, sub, Matt's subconscious <laughs> they're the same picture <laughs> literally that's me <laughs> I, I was trying to think of like you know some some unique aspects of being bi aside from like you know erasure and like negative things um i feel like sometimes you know being bi especially bisexual male is like you you sort of feel like you're like the the, like forgotten middle child of the lgbtq plus community Mm -hmm. like we're you know we're doing fine we you know we're we're like the the middle child who like you know does our homework goes to bed on time like we're kind of just chilling but like you know there's bigger issues in the world but like we feel like a little neglected sometimes. I think that's mm-hmm. maybe an apt um, metaphor for, uh, you know, what it's kind of like to be a bisexual male. I know like, um, you know, bisexual women, I, I, I mean, you guys know way more about this than I do. I'm a, a scientist, not a, someone who, um, you know, actually like knows things about this stuff. But I think like, I um, mean, I wouldn't, you're, you're literally getting your doctorate in like what, what, microbiology, you said. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You don't need to under, sell that you know like <laughs> we, we have a podcast about gay stuff you're gonna be a doctor like that's right. just the way, that the way you, like i'm not saying ours is like that's not a, a like like you don't need to underplay your your achievements here matt for, yeah, for no, our I, sake. <laughs> I i just don't really like you know i'm still a relatively new uh member of the community so i don't know a ton of stuff i feel like sometimes and um, you know, I, I just, all I was saying is that I remember like reading at one point about like the different demographics within the LGBTQ plus community and that like bisexual women, I believe are like the most prevalent. Is that correct? I don't know. If you guys know. Well, we were, I mean, I don't have any like statistics to back into this, yeah, up, yeah. but we were just talking about in the first half, how bisexual women have more 
visibility, it seems inherently in society at large, in media, basically everywhere, um, than when compared to bisexual men. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's a lot of, I mean, I think it's just, I think it's complicated. I think it has a lot to do with just like the relationship that, um, you know, bisexual women have with like femininity and the relationship that bisexual men have with masculinity. I think masculinity can be a very rigid, um, like set of parameters at certain times. And like, if you like kind of don't fit into what, you know, the cis hetero population views as like masculine, then you immediately are kind of like labeled as outside of that. I don't Mm -hmm. know if making sense, but no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So like if, if you're even slightly less masculine than they expect you to be, then suddenly it's like, Oh, well he, then he's just gay. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's just, you're either straight or gay. And even, even like when I, tell someone that I'm bi, like, I'd say four out of five times, the f- immediate follow-up question is like, well, like, are you attracted to, like, men more or women more? And it's like, that's like, you know, I, I get why people ask that. I don't really think they should, but <laughs> um, I think it's like, um, it, I think the reason that people ask that question is because they're trying to kind of put you into a different box that is easier for them to understand mm-hmm. it's like straight and gay is very easy for people to understand because it's just like straight and like not straight right but then having like kind of this gray area in the middle it's like you know i know the second like if i say to somebody like oh like i think i'm like you know more attracted to men i feel and maybe i'm projecting but in their mind they're just like oh okay so he's gay you know what i mean right. like there's nothing there's nothing i can specifically do about that because I don't think it's something that people say out loud but it's definitely a sense that I get um from like talking to people that why else would you ask that question unless you're like romantically interested in me there's really no reason to ask so the only reason I can think of is that you're trying to you know categorize me in a way that's easier for you to like get by in your day-to-day life and like get get by yeah, <laughs> I did a pun. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's it's interesting that you were talking about like society trying to put you into like little boxes because we were literally just talking about that in the first half, and it reminds me a lot about conversations about like the gender binary too, in a weird way similar to I feel like a struggle maybe like non-binary people face sometimes because it's like it's a, like people are like identify as like I'm non-binary and some people are just like okay but like are you a man or a woman? Just tell me, like, give me a box I can put in you into. Um, and it's uh, like, this, this stuff doesn't work like that. Right. Know? No. And, and to be honest, it's like, it's really not that complicated. Like if you just take a second and just say like, Oh, okay. You're by like, cool. You know what I mean? Just move on. Like, why do you need to ask like follow up questions uh, to further categorize me? Like, I don't think there's any reason for that, you know? And, and it's, it's just like a third thing. It's like you, there's only, you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not so, so complicated. I don't think. I agree. And yeah, I think that's something we spoke about earlier too, was that it's, it shouldn't be as hard as a lot of individuals make it seem. But I think some of that is like lack of understanding, lack of um, like seeing the representation of bisexual people in different lights. That's not just, 
as as you said earlier, generally we see bisexual women. Um, so to see bisexual people that look and, and feel and express themselves in different ways, I think will help with that education, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but I think it's like, you know, it, it's hard because I know that I, you know, with risk of sounding like a hypocrite, like sort of fall into those same things. Like I have a lot of this stuff internalized just as, you know, most members of the LGBTQ plus community have like different things that they need to deal with of like mm-hmm. internalized like homophobia and things like that, where I wasn't exposed to a lot of, um, you know, bisexual male representation. So I had a hard time coming to that just as we were just talking about. But I also, you know, sometimes it is just easier if somebody assumes you're gay to just be like, you know, like whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like stopping down and having a conversation about this and correcting you and all that. And, and I should, you know, and, and I, I try to as often as I can, but like, sometimes well, I would say that you don't, you don't owe anyone an explanation, right? Like, I mean, it sucks that people will assume certain things, but like, you only have the energy for so much. I mean, you're a PhD student. Like, <laughs> like, like grad school sucks up about 90% of your energy. Like, you don't want to spend that last 10% like correcting a stranger at the grocery store about your bisexuality. I assume. I mean, unless yeah, you do, no. like, that's, yeah. you do. I that, just you, went for pineapples. <laughs> just trying to get I, some produce. I just more so mean, like, I think that if we all, like, it's maybe there is some small responsibility that falls onto like the community to be visible. And I think it's like, there's, there's representation and then, and then there's visibility, right. Where, you know, if I'm, you know, not owning my sexuality, then like people aren't going to see it, you know? And I, I mean, that's just, that's just my opinion of like, if I can be more visible then people, other people will, see me right um and you know maybe i'm like the only bisexual male that they'll that they've ever met and and that can actually like make somewhat of a difference um i realize it's not like my responsibility or anything but i think it's something that i try to do at the very least Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and i and i and i think that that's admirable i mean we can that that's a large part of just being queer in general is like the more you're seen like one of the biggest cures for homophobia, I feel like in a lot of cases, not all, but in a lot of cases is just knowing someone who's queer. Like I've known plenty of people who had really like bigoted views who like basically lost them after medi- meeting me. And it's like not by virtue of me trying just by like, oh, they're a person that I like being around who happens to be gay. So I mean, getting like, yeah, it's like you're saying, like getting rid of some of these like harmful ideas about bisexuality starts with meeting a bisexual person who kind of like bucks that idea you have in your mind. Yeah. And I think it's also, I mean, um, I, like, I don't know if you guys talked about like things like the Kinsey scale, right. Where there's, um, you know, some bisexual men, for instance, are, you know, more attracted to, uh, men and some are more attracted to women and so on. Um, and the same thing is true for, uh, bisexual women, obviously, but, um, there's like kind of an issue. And I think it, it even goes into within the LGBTQ plus community of like, if I'm a bisexual man who like is dating a woman. Okay. And we're back. If there was an awkward pause in the middle of whatever Matt was saying, that is because we had another technical error with zoom. This happened the first time when we we had a guest as well. So uh, hopefully this is not a pattern that continues. 
That's a maybe. I was gonna say maybe it's our trademark. You know, they could be part of our brand now. Yeah, we have technical issues. Technical issues. <laughs> um, Matt, yeah. So if you could perfectly pick up where you left off mid sentence with your articulate point and have the same exact flow, <laughs> that would be excellent. I we have, expect nothing I have, less. Like, quite literally, no idea what I was talking about before. So uh, we were actually. Yeah, I think you actually started to bring up the Kinsey scale, which. We mentioned in the first half. Um, so yeah, we were actually talking about um, people trying to put you into boxes and being leaning one way to the other. A lot of like bisexual people do, and like the Kinsey scale is um, like a kind of a useful tool to demonstrate that a little bit. Yeah. So I think like what I think maybe what I was getting at was just kind of talking about how if I as a bisexual man were to be in a relationship with a woman like the perception of that with it within and outside of the LGBTQ plus community is that like, you know, functionally, if you're in a monogamous relationship um, that, you know, functionally, you know, you're, you know, you seem straight to people, right? Like, and that is not the case, right? We all, I think we know that, but I think it, it lends itself to, uh, I think it sort of contributes to, some of the erasure that we were talking about where I've even heard from people within the LGBTQ plus community that like, they just don't see you as, I guess, as by as someone who is maybe in, you know, either single or in a same sex relationship. I think, you know, that obviously that's problematic, but I also think that there's just maybe also a visibility issue on that as well, where like, if, if I'm in, a relationship with a woman, you know, people just will assume that I'm straight and won't even, uh, you know, question it or think twice about it. And, mm-hmm. and then it makes it seem like there are fewer bisexual men because, you know, the bisexual men who are in kind of, uh, are in relationships with women are, they're not as um, visible to the community and to people outside of the community as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you're not the only bi person to express that problem to or around me, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and state we'd like to state for the record, like to um, if you're a bi person in a monogamous relationship with a member of the opposite gender, you are still like just as queer as all of us, which yep. a lot of people don't don't think so. And I just want to state for the record that you definitely are. Yeah, yeah. and I hope that. I, that came across in what I was saying. I might not have emphasized it as much. No, no, you don't. I just, I just wanted to really like hit hit that point hard because it's a, it's one of those unique problems that I feel like bisexual people face that come from inside the community as well as outside, which yes, must be very frustrating. And because and, I've, I've had like specifically a few um, bisexual women that I've been friends with who have been in like long term. Uh, you know, monogamous relationships with men. And that's something that, you know, they don't even know each other. They're both bringing up. So it's clearly, you know, something that, that happens a lot, you know, and uh, it's unfortunate because I think as, as kind of that, uh, you know, bisexual sort of like middle child of the LGBT community, I think, as I was saying, like you already feel a little bit disconnected from both the LGBTQ community and, um, you know, obviously the straight community as well. And that was something that I definitely struggled with when I first uh, kind of came out is I thought that there would just be like this big community for me to be a part of. And I kind of mm-hmm. realized that I had to readjust 
my definition of community and it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be, but I've grown to really appreciate it. But I think that that was something that I was very um, kind of off put by at first was that I didn't feel like there was like a big community around me when I uh, like first came out. And I think that that's probably something that a lot of people experience and you know, you're obviously not straight, so you don't feel like you relate to the straight people, but then, like, you feel this sort of pressure from certain people within, like, the LGBT community that you're, like, you know, quote-unquote not gay enough or something, and it's, it's hard to kind of just, like, find your own uh, community after that, but it's, I think, something that's probably more common than I realized at the time. Well, it definitely sucks that you were made to feel that way. Um, Because, yeah, yeah, I I feel like a lot of people who just identify as maybe like either um, gay or lesbian, like don't, they face a lot of challenges, but not those specific challenges. So it's kind of like almost like compounding. And then you, on top of that, you just have to kind of deal with all of the normal, uh, like, well, quote unquote, normal, like there's like the baseline, like, societal homophobic stuff and then there's like the like the <laughs> a new layer of the crappy societal stuff sandwich that you have to deal with as a pie person which yeah, yeah. very and frustrating i i think it's you know um i think it's probably something that's maybe unique to like the bi experience but i think it's something that we all kind of experience and what i've learned about you know like i think the lgbt community because i thought i thought when i uh, came out that it was just going to like solve all my, all my problems and I just like be happy forever after oh, that. Oh, you sweet summer child. <laughs> <laughs> and Look, the, the, uh, I, I don't know how I feel about this term, but like the, you, you, you baby gay, you baby guy. <laughs> <Yeah, literally, laughs> but, but I mean, like I thought like, oh, I'll come out and I'll find this like great community and I'll just like feel happy forever. And like that is <laughs> unfortunately not the case. No. And I think it took me a while. Like, I mean, I think your first episode, you guys talked about your experience with Pride, and I feel like I had a very different experience going to Pride the first time. Can you elaborate on that? Because I am very curious. Yeah, absolutely. So I I went to Pride down in uh, New York City with my friends, and I was really, really excited about it. I thought that I was going to like show up and feel like this crazy sense of like belonging and I was just going to be able to be myself and like this stuff that everybody talks about when they go to Pride for the first time. And instead, I showed up and like started started like feeling like a lot of anxiety. Like I was like my friend needed to calm me down in a Starbucks bathroom actually. And it's not like it wasn't the crowds. Like I'm an extrovert. I like being around people. I think it was probably a combination of the fact that I, you know, I hadn't come out that long ago, and I maybe wasn't ready to be in such like a public setting. But I think on top of that, I was looking for a community, and I like showed up to the biggest like LGBTQ event like on earth and didn't feel that. And I was like a little bit overwhelmed by that. Like if I don't feel like belong here, then like, will I, where will I? And I kind of like, I went home after that and I I ended up having a great time. You know what I mean? Like I, my friend is, she's just as anxious as I am and was like, look, nobody's looking at you. You're doing fine. Like, you know, and I, and I had a really good time, but I went home and I just was reflecting and I was like, a little bummed like I was that wasn't what I thought it was going to be I think it just I just didn't feel as connected as I thought I would 
And I just had to kind of really after that redefine like, okay, well, what, what does like community mean to me? What does like the LGBTQ community mean to me? And what I kind of have come to is it's the people you surround yourself with, right? It's like the, whether they're allies or whether they're uh, members of the community, um, you know, it's like my friends uh, that I've, you know, gotten close to are people who are extremely accepting and, you know, are, you know, either members of the community or just very fluid in their sexuality or allies or whatever. And I've grown to feel like a sense of community with them. And I think that's, that's what like the LGBTQ community means to me. And I think that that's just like a different experience than I think I've heard from most, you you know, other members of the community where I kind of had to reassess how I um, defined that going into, you know, shortly after coming out. I was going to ask you to expand on like what, what, what you felt community felt like to you um, once you were able to find it. So I'm really glad that you said that because I think it speaks to the resiliency that happens on so many different levels in the LGBTQ plus community, literally having to find what helps us feel safe, secure, visible, and, and however else we identify community to be. I'm, I'm glad that you were able to find that. Yeah, and, and, and I don't really know what I was expecting, but it, I just, you know, you have a lot of perception, especially because, I mean, I came out like a little bit later in life than like most other people that I've met, like not super late, but I was, you know, 23 and I had a lot of expectations of what that would be like and it, it, it wasn't. And I think part of it was just, I was being a little unrealistic. And another part of it was that I think my experience as like a bi man is going to be different than experiences of other uh, people. Mm -hmm. This is not by any stretch of the imagination, the most important part of your story, but I would (laughs) like to apologize on behalf of New York city Starbucks bathrooms, (laughs) because I cannot think of a worse place to try and calm down. than it's the most anxiety inducing environment I can probably think of. So actually also, I also had to wait in line for like 45 minutes or something. Yep, get, yeah, exactly. It's like get into that place. So, um, you know, that, that didn't help by any means, but it was, yeah. Um, it's also extremely on brand for me to feel anxious in the Starbucks. <laughs> so. that, is, that is true. But specifically New York city, Starbucks bathrooms are not yeah, great. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for sharing um, your experience. So it's like you said, we've kind of had like a lot of, uh, unfortunately, a lot of aspects of this are like kind of negative just because of like how a lot of the unique struggles that bi people face. So another mm-hmm. question we wanted to ask you was, um, what's some advice you would give to any uh, New York State youth who either identify as bisexual or might think they identify as bisexual? I mean, I think it goes back to what I was just talking about is I think the first thing and I don't think this is unique to like bisexual people it's just anybody who's you know questioning their sexuality is first things first is surround yourself with people who you feel comfortable with who there's like not a doubt in your mind that if you were to like come out to them that they like they would accept you and I think that that's something that I did subconsciously is I think that LGBTQ people sort of 
gravitate towards one another. We've um, talked about that a lot on the yeah, show. And I, I actually I, was going to ask you about that because it seems like evidently we accidentally did that as early as 13 years old. Yeah, like, <laughs> just just, just didn't know it until a decade later. Oh my gosh. I know. And, and, and I think that that's really something that happens and I don't know what it is, but we just can spot each other from a mile away. You're a scientist. <laughs> you tell us. <laughs> Explain uh, Gadar in a scientific manner to me, please. Oh, uh, no, 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 I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not the expert you're looking for. <laughs> um, but, but I think like, yeah, and I think, I think that's, that's a really important thing to anyone who's thinking about coming out is like, make sure that you're, you surround yourself with people you feel comfortable with that, you know, will always accept you. And like, you know who those people are deep down. Like if you're really scared uh, to come out to somebody, like, you know, find someone you feel more comfortable to come out to first maybe mm-hmm. i mean i'm not an expert on this but i mean the first person i came out to uh back to starbucks was <laughs> was actually like just some random starbucks barista who i would like chit chat with and like to me it was like important was, context like, here uh matt has a crippling coffee addiction that he will not acknowledge yeah, or does acknowledge yeah, but yeah. has no intention of doing anything about <laughs> if that's not clear by now that half my story is involved his Starbucks <laughs> reward card is like whatever, like the highest degree. And it's like the platinum rewards, yep. whatever that is. It, it, it's coded in like platinum. No, I'm, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I would just like sit there a lot and like read and do work and stuff. And I just sort of would become friendly with the baristas because that's just the type of person I am. I think one of them came over and like sat with me like on his break sometimes. And like he was gay and would talk about it. And I, and then like one day just sort of like it came up and I just, instead of backing down and not saying anything like I normally would, I just mm-hmm. kind of said it. And I mean, that was like the first person I came out to. And to me, it was like the safest person I could have come out to because he didn't know anybody I knew. There right. was no way that if I told him, he would tell somebody or anything. It was. I cannot even express how ridiculously on brand that is for you. Yeah, like <laughs> seriously. The amount of time you spend in a start, of course it would be there. We couldn't yeah. be anywhere else. I, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that was just, it, it, it felt safe. And I knew that like he was gay and he would be totally chill about it. And he was. And then, I mean, it was something that, you know, I, I felt like was a good like practice, I guess, for like when I had to come out to people who had actually like known me for a lot longer. But I, I think that's like the first thing is just, you know, surround yourself with people who are, are accepting. Well, yeah. And, and it's just uh, interesting just with our relate. I might have been the only human being who was surprised by Matt's coming out. I was going to bring that up. Just because <laughs> like, so I had just internalized, like you say you're straight, you're, you're straight. Right. And it's like, I had internalized that for over a decade. <laughs> So we were hanging out when I still lived in Albany, we were hanging out in my apartment and admittedly I was a little bit inebriated at the time because we were all hanging out. And then I forget how it came up. I think our friend Sean um, brought up like who we were dating and you said like not a female and my like head spun around for a second. I was like, <laughs> like, like obviously I was accepting and like comforting and all that jazz, but it was, yeah. I might've been the literal only person Matt told that was surprised. And just to be honest, I think your reaction was like my favorite because like you're one of the people that I've known the longest aside from like my parents who I like had to like come out to. And you were also like the only person who was like visibly surprised. Like, <laughs> you know, coming out for me was like 
pleasantly anticlimactic. You know, I <laughs> really can't complain. I'm very fortunate in that regard. But most people I told, they were like, okay, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> just like <laughs> it was, it was very like, oh, we're not going to like, get excited about this for you i'm proud of you and i'm just like okay okay um but zach was like like very surprised and it was it made it like kind of fun (laughs) um well i'm I'm glad i could be entertaining to you yeah it was great um but yeah that was that was a very uh one of my well probably one of my favorite like coming out moments if i had to if i had to choose one yeah i had to like because we were all like being goofy and like hanging out and i literally had to do like i was again a little inebriated and i just like i was like all right well well okay this is some dramatic information for me i'm gonna put on my we're having a serious processing face face um (laughs) so you can like talk freely um i had to like I just had to do a very quick emotion change um, yeah. in a very short amount of time. <laughs> I think I think that's the thing is like for me, I I was thinking about it and I realized like I like came out to people in like reverse order of how long I had known them. <laughs> like so, Starbucks barista was first, <laughs> was last. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I think that was like a good strategy for me because it was like for some reason I was very concerned about like how it would change people's <laughs> perception of me or mm-hmm. whatever. And obviously the people you've known the longest have the most uh, kind of s- solidified perception of you, I think. And people you've known the least are still getting to know you. Um, right. Yeah, which is probably exactly what happened like with my reaction, just because like, obviously it wasn't a bad thing, but it was like surprising for me. And let's face it, sometimes like sometimes a, a surprise positive coming yeah. out reaction is a little bit fun. Like I've had those. They're kind of fun. Like let, we can all acknowledge that, yeah. I think. A hundred percent. And I, um, I also felt like, um, because obviously like I was there when you came out to like our group of friends in like eighth grade, middle school, Jesus. Like, the eighth grade. And like, I had kind of like, been there along the way like throughout high school and stuff and i felt i felt like telling like coming out to you like obviously i knew it would be fine but like i in the back of my mind was just like it's kind of like if we did a road trip from like new york to california and like halfway through nevada i was like by the way i have my driver's license and you've been driving all the time <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, like excuse me <laughs> what now <laughs> like, oh like, i'll take this okay, last leg great. um cool you could have said that <laughs> s- some point <laughs> in arizona ago. yeah <laughs> like, like yeah like not like i i i mean <laughs> i just that's sort of what it felt like because i was like yeah so like all along by the way <laughs> just um but yeah it was that that was a fun one for sure so but yeah i guess to summarize your point um just make sure you're people like you're around people who you are comfortable with first Mm -hmm. more or less yeah and even like like my group of friends here like they're very like accepting there's a lot of people who are just sort of like fluid in their sexualities or they identify one way or another and i realized like when I first met them, I wasn't super open about it. Like, I think people kind of assumed, but I never confirmed or denied it either way because nobody asked. And then, like, you know, as time went on, I felt, like, so comfortable around them that I remember we were all sitting around talking, and I was just kind of talking about, you know, dating men and, like, 
my sexual issues and stuff like that. And then afterward, like my friend was driving me home and she was just like, she, she knew already. And she was just kind of like, you know, you were just like talking about that, like in front of everybody. I love it. Like, you know, like how far, like you've come, like you feel like you seem like so comfortable around these people. And I was just kind of like, Oh my God, I did. Didn't I? I didn't even realize like it wasn't like a conscious thing. Cause I just felt so comfortable around these people. And I think that's, um, important to try to find, even if it's just like one or two people. Right. Agreed. Yeah. And to any, I mean, any bi person listening or to any like queer, queer person listening, like you will, you'll get to that point eventually. And it is, it is really nice. Um, it might kind of suck at first in a lot of cases, but once you get to that point where you can talk about it freely and it's like Matt said, like not even think about it, like that's, it, it, it is very fulfilling. And, and be patient with yourself and with other people and, you know, just take your time if you feel like you need it. And I think, uh, the, oh, the other thing I was going to say is that, you know, if, if you think that you might be bisexual, just realize that, like, that might be different, a different experience from, like, your gay friend, you know, mm-hmm. they had coming out, you know, most, um, like, gay men that I speak to, like, they are like, oh, yeah, I just, like, kind of have been gay since I can remember. You know what I mean? Like, I came out when I was, like, kind of young, and, like, I was, like, out all through high school. You know what I mean? Like, not everybody has that experience at all, but, like, I think that the the bisexual people that I know seem to have kind of come out slightly on average a little bit later, and I think it's just because it's a harder thing to, um, you know, kind of, like we were talking about at the beginning, just, like, hold that identity in your head of like, okay, I can be attracted to both. I think, I think just like kind of be patient with yourself and realize like, you know, never, there's no deadline. You know what I mean? Just kind of take it as you need to. So one, uh, another question we have here, how can I, I in this case being non bi people in both, both in and outside the LGBTQ plus community, best support by people to, echo what your first guest said on like the non-binary podcast kind of save your questions for google you know like hey siri works just as well as hey matt you know Um, (laughs) so you know there's if it's a simple question there's really no reason to ask unless the person says that they're fine answering your questions you know on top of that i think like believe by people that they're by like i mean that seems like it should go without saying, but it unfortunately needs to be said that if someone tells you their sexuality, whether it's bi or anything, the, the correct answer is like, okay, you know, like it's not, well, are you attracted to this more than this? Or, or are you, you know what I mean? Like just, yes. Okay, cool. You know, you don't need to question it, you know, whether you're doing it out loud or in your head, just be aware of those things. And <laughs> it's not, it's not necessary. Um, it's up to them, not you. <laughs> um, so I think that that's probably like, if I had to choose one thing to say, I would say just kind of, if someone says they're bi, just, you know, nod and believe them at their identity. Like it's up to them. Um, uh, on that note, uh, if you could numerically categorize your sexuality on the Kinsey scale to the nearest decimal point right now, um, uh, that would be much appreciated. Um, no. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, and actually, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on the Kinsey school scale, too. Um, that joke aside, I because I don't know how I feel about trying to numerically categorize sexuality 
I, I think it's a good idea for demonstrating the fluidity that can in, be involved in bisexuality and leaning one way or another. But like, I'm not sure how I feel about like needing to put a literal number on it. Like, do you have any like thoughts on that? Yeah, like, I, I'd like me that. joking around with you, notwithstanding. No, no, no. Yeah, I um, I would say like I think it's a helpful tool. I think that it's something that actually I remember a couple people sitting around one time like everyone was like taking like the, there was like an online version or something and I remember kind of being like I don't want to do this in front of everybody because <laughs> I was not out at that point um, but I think it's something that like it got me thinking you know it got me thinking like okay so like I can be bi but like lean this way or that way which was not something I had really conceptualized up until that point um, which I think is is valuable but I do think like putting a number on it is feels a little bit like definite you know what I mean like this is it um, because I think there are probably you know an infinite number of like gradations on that scale not just like five or whatever it is mm-hmm. um, it changes like you know if you had asked me a couple of years ago I probably would have given you a different number than I give you now and I think that that's normal <laughs> um, for like bisexual people what was this and- quiz like because I'm just imagining like is someone tried to find like a formula for sexuality that you like plug variables into which for it's ironic that you're you're so like it, it changes because as a scientist i almost feel like you would be like well that that seems nice <laughs> like in one way at least it, the quiz was like it was like a multiple choice thing where it was just oh, like okay. i like oh you like you answered four so you're like the most so then you're a four on the scale you know what i mean it wasn't like anything too complicated but it was just like different types of questions too just um i don't i don't really remember too much but yeah i think it i think it does change and i think it's like something that you have to be open to your you have to be honest with yourself about like is it are things like shifting or, or don't, you know what I mean? To be honest, like if, if you just kind of want to like live your life, like I overthink everything. So I'm always like reflecting, like, Hmm, how do I feel today about this or that? It just, but if you just want to like live your life and be attracted to who you're attracted to, like by all means, like I encourage it, you know? Um, I kind of wish I was a little bit more like that sometimes instead of always like needing to, um, you know, categorize myself. Um, but I think, yeah, I think the Kinsey skill is a, is a decent, tool for illustrating um that like bisexuality is a little bit more complicated than maybe it seems at first glance but it's not something that i think most bisexual people are like walking around knowing which number they are you know um off the top of their head awesome yeah so to basically sum up your point um don't ask invasive questions unless they're um unless they're comfortable and just uh believe it when they say it more or less right Mm -hmm, 100 percent and the awesome. only number that you keep memorized is your phone number. Yeah. I, yeah, that's true. Well, I only know my phone. I don't know, like, literally anyone else's phone number anymore. I, nope. Just because it's saved in my phone. Like, it's, it's only my phone number that I know. <laughs> um, awesome. So, yeah, I think we're uh, about ready to wrap up. Is there anything else you wanted to mention in regards to bisexuality while you're here, Matthew? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think we talked about, um, I, I always get asked, like, like I was saying before, the m- number one follow-up question to me telling someone that I'm bi is like, like, 
basically, are you attracted to men more or women more? And I'd say the second most common question is, can you explain to me the difference between um, like pansexuality and bisexuality? Which I'm oh I'm sure right, yeah. I just well, I think we've, we also didn't discuss it in the first half, and like that's a whole rabbit hole. But yeah, oh, okay. like yeah, I mean, we'll probably do like that. a whole episode on pansexuality at some point. But no, yeah. if you wanted to do like a brief like few minute, yeah, go yeah, on. yeah. Just because I think it's it's a question that comes up really often, like mm. more often than you might think. I guess the only point that I was going to make, like because I'm sure you guys will talk about like pansexuality more in detail. And to be honest, like, like I said, I'm not like an expert on like sexuality and gender stuff, like all this stuff. Like I, I'm not, but I, I think it's very interesting that like, you know, the, the question is like, I think a lot of times leading to, you know, sort of saying that like the bisexual identity is somehow excluding certain groups like that, where, you know, because it's bisexuality, like you're attracted to men and women, that somehow that's like excluding um, like non-binary people and, and et cetera. And I, and I think that that's, you know, first of all, I think a little problematic in and of itself, but it's also like, this is something that's only asked to bisexual people. You know, gay men are only attracted to men last time I checked, like according to the definition, I guess. And you know, straight people, like, you know, lesbians, everybody is excluding these communities. So it's an issue that I think goes throughout the LGBTQ plus community that like, we need to be more inclusive of everybody in the community mm -hmm. uh, with how we label these things or how we define them even. And, and I don't think that it's something that's specific to the bisexual identity. And it's a little curious to me that this is something that is only asked, well, not only asked, but mostly asked to bisexual people that immediately after someone um, tells you that they're bisexual you need to like question um, their identity or you know follow up with some sort of like question that sort of feels like it's invalidating that identity um, and that's not something that you know my gay friends seem to experience um, as often and it's I think it's just it kind of goes to show that there is some you know, yeah, like bi erasure and biphobia and stuff, even within uh, the community and outside the community that like, this question isn't something that that comes up for other people. And I just kind of right. wanted to, to point that out because yeah, it's, you know, you just have to ask yourself, like, it, you know, if you are asking questions to your bi friends, you need to ask yourself, like, okay, why am I asking this question? Is it actually because I'm curious? Or is it because I have some sort of like, you know, inherent bias um, or something like that going on uh, as well. That's that's really like the only point I wanted to make about that because I think that conversation about like differences between bisexuality and pansexuality is like something that I don't know if I'm like really qualified to get into, but I think it's like, it, it is a question that comes up a lot and I think it's important to address like, why is this being asked in the first place? Mm -hmm. And I, re I really wish we had the like time to delve deeper because you, you i think you really stated it very very well the, that like yeah it, it seems to be like only like a quite like it's almost like seems to put by people on the defensive a lot for yeah. whatever reason and you're right i've like never you, like, experienced that for, for as a game you know what i mean like you're asking this for a reason and it's you know i am suddenly defending my entire identity to you like my entire like uh you know, sexual identity to you within like five seconds of me telling you that I'm bi, 
you're mm-hmm. already trying to invalidate it. I think it's representative of like a larger issue that like bisexual people face. So, agreed. And yeah, it, we we definitely need to have a whole pansexual episode at some point um, too, because we we just don't have. There's a lot of different discussions that we could have based on what Matt just said, but we yeah. unfortunately don't have the time on this one. It, it'll it'll happen at some point. Is there like a pansexual awareness day? Does that exist? Let's ask Google and not Wait. Matt. <laughs> Matt, tell me all the pansexual holidays now. <laughs> Imagine I just know them all off the top of my head. Like I don't know, like you know, my friend's birthdays, but I know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it pass. Pansexual oh, and pan romantic awareness day is May twenty fourth. Okay, so maybe next year. Yeah, <laughs> it might be a while. Um, well, we have May's all set for twenty twenty one. There we go. Scratched off. Um, <laughs> but awesome. Uh, thank you so much for being here, Matt. Uh, great, great conversation. Brought up a lot of awesome stuff. Is there anything you want to plug while you're here? Any social medias, your uh, Twitter ads, hashtags or whatnot? <laughs> uh, your, your, your microbiology germs, if you want to plug them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... Um... I mean, I guess people can follow me on Twitter, but I haven't been as active lately. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I mean, my Twitter is just like at uh, Matt Brand. Uh, you can just follow me there. But I, I mean, it's, it's up to you. It's more just like joking around than like me actually being serious um, and talking about this stuff. But yeah, I mean, that's it. Nothing else. No, no bacteria stuff I want to plug. <laughs> oh, okay. Awesome. So we have a sign off that we encourage you to uh, attempt to do with us. Very virtually awkwardly join us in. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> so we usually do I'm Zach and then Amari says I'm Amari and then we collectively say we are free to be. The idea is to do it at the same time. That never really happens. Eventually we'll get it. But you are welcome to be really off. <laughs> it's probably going to be. And it's really fine. All of them. We keep all of them in there. Oh goody. I'm Zach. I'm Imari. I'm Matt. And, and we, we are, are free, free to, to be. be. Did you even attempt it, Matt? Yeah, I did.